It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Josh and I are going to be talking about training while on shift work. But before we get to that, Josh, you're 30 now. Yeah, Shout out birthday. Yeah, thank Happy you. Happy belated. I appreciate it, bud. It's kind of, yeah, hard to believe, man. That first number of my age is a three. You know, it seems, uh, it, yeah, it seems like it got here really quick. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it was great. I appreciate, uh, you know, y'all. Uh, putting together a little something for me uh, at the office, a little social distancing party you know, uh, with some some uh, catered food and some stuff. And, and my wife came up too, which was great. And uh, it was good. You know, couldn't really do much over the weekend, obviously, with all the restrictions. A little weird in a pandemic yeah. right now. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a, uh, a virtual birthday party with all my family and my my wife's parents and her brother too. So mm-hmm. that was she organized that, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, just tried to relax. You know, tried you to go. relax and uh, you know. Hopefully the next decade was uh, you know as as fun and and as worthwhile as this past one. Yeah, man, I've kind of I've kind of gotten over asking people what'd you do this weekend because it's the same <laughs> same thing. I said it home. Yeah, yeah I went on a lot of walks yeah. with my dogs. <laughs> cool, man. So um, other than that, Murph training, right? So Murph, Murph. To, so did, so I've been I've been running, man. Your boy's cardio is getting good. That running's starting to starting to feel good now. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, you've but, been you've been putting in work, man. Every yeah. day at lunch, like I'll be I'll look up and I'll see you running yeah. down the street <laughs> in one of these vests. Yeah. So today today's work out is is going to be 20 minutes of Cindy no vest and then I'm gonna put that vest on head down to the to the woods the timber trail and I'm gonna hit a mile maybe two it's feeling good and um leave it that you know um and with that said quick question is you know Memorial Day is May 25th this year you know, are we gonna do Murph I feel like you got to man I feel like yeah. I feel like it, that's the most American thing to do is to figure out a way to do Murph you're gonna do it in heats and keep people apart whatever but I mean you can't not do Murph and honestly Doing it via Zoom, doing it on the internet, that seems like something China would do. Oh man, yeah, it's. Um, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that uh, we'll be able to find a way to participate with some some other people in some way, right? Um, there's a lot of ways to rig up pull-up bars outside, and and you know, marking off a mile, and you're able to do a lot outside or something along those lines, or or running heats like you mentioned. But hopefully, we'll be able to figure out a solution there. Yep. Uh, I'm hitting some merch stuff this week too. My um, Mine is actually going to be some some eight minute AMRAPs with uh, starting with a run each time. So I'll run um, half a mile on a vest and then come in and do five, ten, fifteen in the remaining time and then rest and repeat that. So uh, a few eight minute um, blocks to mm-hmm. to kind of get some you know work on some pacing, get some volume into those contractions. I'm I'm doing some of those contractions in a vest now, um, which is uh, always fun. 
but uh, it's it, it should be good. You know, fingers crossed that uh, training keeps going well and we find a way to do it and uh, maybe we'll hit a PR or something. That's right, man. <laughs> good deal. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, one thing – this is the last, probably last COVID talk we'll have, right? I'm kind of tired mm-hmm. of talking about COVID, but, you know, I think one thing that, that we're all realizing that, you know, no matter what side of the fence you fall on, right, whether you're, you know, you want everything shut down or, you know, I tend to lean the other way. It's well documented. But I think the one thing we can all agree on is – you got to get your ass in shape. It's a wake up call, right? So, yep. so you yeah, know, being- I mean, that's one of the biggest, the biggest risk factor, risk factor if you are if, other than age, you know, which unfortunately father times undefeated can't really, uh, <laughs> can't really control that one. But a lot of it is underlying comorbidities and just overall health and mm-hmm. general health or however you want to categorize that. Um, and so, you know, being fit and remaining fit for, throughout life is, you know, it's so evident how important it is because of this pandemic. So, um, you know, hopefully that, you know, ends up uh, being a wake up call for people or uh, just helps you start to see more of these practices being instilled in daily life. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be one of those things where people go right back to what they were doing before. Once everything's yeah, back, but, you know, but again, though, for, for those who have maybe started becoming more active because they have more time, it's like, when, when everything gets ramped back up, try to keep it going as mm-hmm. best as you can, man. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think the, especially some of the older individuals you see recovering it from it, a lot of times it's because they are have kept themselves fit and kept themselves, uh, you know, doing some type of fitness, you know, throughout their entire life. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hope, you know, that's, you know, we always say, um, you know, it's like, you know, fitness is almost even more important than fatness when you think about it from what the research shows it's almost more important your cardiovascular cardiorespiratory fitness versus even how much uh, body fat or adipose tissue that you carry yep. when you look at the two so it's you know looking at somebody is not necessarily as important as how fit they are from what they do consistently mm-hmm. in their life so get out walk do something yep, stay fit and uh, you know that might be a little bit protective yeah but with with that said you know we're healthcare providers we got to look out for the people that do this not ever been part of their lifestyle part of their yeah. culture as well too so case in point um, you know, I've been doing this for like 10 years now, working in a lot of settings, but I actually had my very first home visit yeah. last week. And, mm-hmm. that and first one. Yeah, so this was a, a, a very, very sweet 90-year-old patient that, you know, I've known um, over over the years. And, you know, she was just basically like, look, you know, I, since, thing, since I'm still independent, I still get around, I drive, I do my own groceries. But since the, the pandemic, I've been scared to leave my house and I'm in really bad shape. You know, I'm, I'm barely getting around. I'm, I'm having to use a walker just to, you know, go within the house. And, so we talked about options, you know, through the telehealth idea out there, but she's like, I don't even know how to log into my email. So that wasn't an option. And so we, we decided on uh, me doing a, a home visit, which went very, very well. And that was just a good reminder that your geriatric population, man, if they, they were in week, what, six, seven in yeah, this thing now? Something like that. Decondition happens a little as two days. And it's, it's really, really bad too. So keep them in mind, you know, reach out to them, you know, somehow, part, you know, phone call, email, whatever it is, and, and do whatever you can to, to help them out. But um, again, that went well, you know, you know, I, Saw her, took my portable table, went early in the day, you know, took my shoes off, you know, mask, all, you know, all that kind of stuff too. But, um, you know, went really well. And I even had to, I even had to um, get back to the office and, you know, type up the home exercise program with the pictures and actually hand deliver it back over to her house. But um, she was very, very appreciative. And just within the visit, it was a huge change. And just some people just need that guidance. You know, they, they need that. They need you. So um, that, you know, keep in mind we're, we're important. 
Yeah, no, and I think that too, if you're looking for a resource like that, we're, we're trying to put some of those together um, mm-hmm. with uh, some of the PTs on staff, trying to put together some resources there too. Yeah, so, we have. Yeah, uh, shout yeah, out to Elizabeth have, Reagan. Yeah, she say, she yeah. put out a really good series of YouTube videos. We sent everybody, and if anybody wants that, I'd be happy to forward that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sent that out to to our, our patient network already, but we can definitely get that to other people mm-hmm. too. And, and it seems to be that that's kind of the way of catching on too. Elizabeth also says a nice little article too that I think was, mm-hmm. New, I think it was New York Times. I think, yes, yeah, 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 New York Times. Was, mm-hmm. You know, again, you know, hitting on these same concepts. You know, it's like we can't, you know, you know the, this population, you know, right now, like, you, if, especially if they were active, their activity has been greatly reduced. So how can we keep them as active as possible right. within the current confines? So, sure. yeah, if you want any more resources on that, let us know. Yeah, and it's always going to be good to add a personal touch to it, too, right? You already for got sure. to establish relationships. Let them see your face, see your voice, if for possible. Sure, for sure. I think we'll have time to do that nowadays. So mm-hmm. right on. All right. So getting on with the episode, training while on shift work. So let's just kind of paint the picture first. So when we talk about shift work, you know, what exactly do we mean by that? And, and what can you kind of maybe maybe draw out an avatar, the, the typical person that you have worked with uh, for this type of thing? Yeah. And um, so for me, when I'm thinking about this person, and there are a lot of variations, but um, the typical one I'm talking about from what my experience has been more of the 24 on 48 off consistent with, uh, say, a firefighter. firefighter. Um, so somebody who is on call or at the office or something along those lines for 24 hours um, and then has 48 hours off. Um, Again, there are a ton of variations of this, but this one makes it pretty, this makes it a little bit cleaner from, uh, you're talking about an example. Um, And then, but there are other, so many different ones too. I think we'll get into people who go from days to nights back to days and that kind of stuff too. But um, when we're talking about working with somebody who has, um, well, you would say consistency of the schedule in that regard, 24 hours on, 48 off, the 24 hours on can look very, very different for, you know, depending on um, the day and that shift and, and how many calls they're running or that kind of thing. So that um, definitely gives you, um, you know, you have to take that into account, um, just like you would with any other person, you have to look at the, the whole picture, right? So for me, if I'm going to write a training program for somebody there, I have to, that, that is very much in my mind that their schedule is uh, a, you know, a little bit different than the norm. And it can vary a ton on how that 24 hours goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's a quiet night and they don't get a lot of calls, it's not like their sleeping arrangements are always uh, fantastic, right? You know, you're stuck in a, you know, a room with a bunch of other people and you're, you're um, probably not on the most comfortable bed. You're not at home. So, uh, you know, something like that, if we're talking about this firefighter, you know, the firefighter example, um, you know, it's, it's still not going to be a perfect scenario mm-hmm. when you're talking about that. So um, for me, uh, I still think you have to take it from the most individualized approach you can. You're still looking at that person and, and trying to evaluate what are their goals? What do they need to work on? What do we need to prioritize within training? But when we're talking about designing their actual training split, um, I, there are some things that I've found really work well. For this population um, being when to rest, when to train more of like your maximal strength work or resistance training and when to hit more of the intensity piece, because I think that's where individuals sometimes, uh, you know, I won't say screw this up, but uh, they sometimes uh, get a little, uh, you know, ahead of themselves when, when you're trying to implement intensity a lot or all the time or the wrong place. So um, I guess that probably be a good place where we could start is kind of how to design that split. Yeah. And, and so just some other things that come to mind too, because, you know, when, when we, it's well established, like when you, you study the population of people that work shifts or, you know, go from day to night, 24 hours on, 40 hours on, all, just all, everything in between, you know, it's, it's stressful to the, on the body, right? It oh, screws up sure. skating rhythm. We know that there's like, the, there's a higher prevalence of, you know, certain types of cancers and cardiovascular conditions, things like that compared to like the normal population. Yep. So, you know, I would imagine that, you know, just like 
every other client or every other patient we see, we have to make sure that those lifestyle factors are controlled to the best of our ability, right? So things like, yeah. like sleep and nutrition and stress management and stuff like that as well, too. And I got to imagine that's going to very much play into the things you just talked about um, with regards to, you know, how are we going to program these high intensity pieces when, how much, that kind of thing. Works. Yeah, 100%. Arguably, that stuff's more important than any of the training they're doing anyway. Um, and that's still with even your general population client, like those underlying um, factors are, are basically the building blocks to that allow you to perform well in the gym and recover from it and, and create adaptation. So if you're not controlling those factors across, you know, regardless of the person, but especially this type of individual, you're really going to be spinning your wheel. So um, for me, yes, number one, it's, it's discussing sleep as best as we can, especially on the nights they're not at the station. And you were talking this example. Um, number one, uh, you know, nutrition wise is very important too. And, and uh, you know, depending on you know this population too, something that I've had come, come in, uh, sometimes the nutrition practices are, are not where you would want them to be. So there's definitely work to be done there too. Um, you want to talk about stress. I mean, the, the, this population and a lot of these types of populations, these, in, in these different areas are, are occupations that are doing this type of work. They see some crazy stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they are sleep deprived. There's a lot from a, you know, an emotional standpoint on some of the things that they have to deal with and see. And, and so it can be, can be really draining and tough on them too. So having, making sure that they have uh, the right resources there to make sure that we're managing the, that those stressors as much as we can and providing as much support as possible. Um, and then if those are controlled or if we're working to control those, then there's also the training piece, right? So the last thing you want to do is if you think of stress, like, a, you know, I like the, I like the bucket analogy that everyone talks about is, um, you know, you basically have a bucket and that's your ability to recover uh, or, or to tolerate, uh, and that, uh, you know, how much stress you can tolerate is basically whatever fits into that bucket. And when it gets more than that, it's going to start overflowing. And you think of all these different stressors that are thrown into this bucket, you're pouring more and more water in the bucket. Uh, you know, you have two options. You either have to figure out how to reduce what's going into the bucket, or you got to build the walls up higher. And I think that there's, uh, you know, you're attacking that from both angles. Um, so for, for me, yeah, I'm trying to work to reduce and control and, and mitigate as much stress and handle as much stress as possible. But I have to make sure that any stress I'm adding from training is at the right time and in the right amount and is is right for that person so if i'm going to go into that um the i have to use their schedule you know kind of as uh, a marker for that i you know for me i typically am going to try to assume that it's going to be i want to say assume a rough night but i'm not going to assume that the the day first day off of that 24-hour shift is they're going to be feeling like they want to run through a brick wall right um mm-hmm. i think it's it would be uh a little naive to, to assume that that's the way that, that that they're going to be able to to function so um for me oftentimes i am not putting a ton of intensity the day that they come off the shift right and if we're calling it so if, if we're going to talk about this uh i guess as a uh, a cycle or like a mini cycle i will call their day one the, their first day off their first day off. Um, and for me that day, I typically stick to more of traditional resistance training and, uh, some lower intensity aerobic work being that, uh, I, I typically can have productive sessions that way. If I try to implement a ton of intensity on that day, I, I just find that a lot of times it's, it's difficult for the person to try to, to go there and to do what they need to do in that type of training. And then also, you know, if they had a stressful night, I'm, again, I'm just adding more stress into the system. So um, for me, I typically te- keep it more of a resistance training focus um, and a, a more of a, an easier aerobic work if I'm going to have some energy system work. And then their next day, day two, which is their first day uh, uh, you know, coming off of a night at home, 
they're, so the second day after they've come off of shift, then I'm, pro I'm going to potentially hit more intensity if it works for that individual. I'll probably add a little bit more intensity on that day if that's what they need, right? And you know, again, not everybody needs a ton of intensity. I think that's a misnomer too, that everyone needs a bunch of high intensity work. Um, I think the person needs a good foundation to be able to, to express intensity. So for me, at that point, I'm going to you know, implement intensity if it's appropriate for that person on that second day. So day two there. Um, so that's the day where, where we're, we're probably not doing as much from an, an, a resistance training perspective because we're doing more that day before. I'm hitting more energy system type training. And then the next day is when they go back into their on shift. And so that day for some people is a complete rest day. For others, it's it's uh, a an active recovery type day. But the big thing on that too is that if they could receive a call at any time, right? I need to make sure that I structure training appropriately. That if they had to drop everything and go, they could, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to be in the middle of Fran, you know, finishing up through fifteen pull ups, and all of a sudden you have you get you get a call and you have to stop, get your shit together, do whatever you got to do to get uh, you know on the truck and go. Um, that's just not going to be a great situation. Right. Um, and, and so for me, like that's, I'm not putting that type of stuff on their, their shift day. Um, so uh, that's essentially in general, if that was like the ideal scenario, we can talk about variations for individual clients that we have that where that doesn't fit exactly into theirs. But um, that's kind of how I'm looking at it is like, the first day after they get off the station, I'm doing more resistance training and some aerobic work. Second day, I'm hitting more of the intensity. And then actual day of is more of, uh, you know, I might do a little bit of accessory work if they have some equipment at the station. I might do some easy aerobic piece or active recovery, um, or I might make that more of like a mobility focus or just straight rest day, depending on what they need. And that was a, that was a very, very good layout and definitely something to consider too about like that. that that's a realistic scenario where you could be giving some, some, somebody something really, really intense. Yeah. on the job that's gonna affect them on that job yeah too, exactly right? it's like yeah. you, you everybody knows how long it's like how long frank can yeah. mess you up for a little bit or right. something like that right mess so me up for like yeah, a day. yeah it's a, <laughs> and, and you don't want to have to be going it and like basically having to go and save lives mm -hmm. while trying to do like I, they need to be prepared to do the yeah. job right so I, I need to structure things accordingly so that way they can always they're always ready to be able to do their yeah. job so can we can we kind of use like a like a i guess a get into the mode right so we talked about mm -hmm. resistance training you know talk a little bit about equipment things like that too but like the mode of training right you know yeah. people that are home right now just with minimal equipment using body weight stuff you know maybe they're in a little more of a rural setting and and their station just has not gotten up to date they have you know no free weights no barbells nothing like that you know how how are we, what kind of movements are you going to program right because it seems like it would seem that we're trying to chase the stimulus more right. so than trying to chase you know some type of uh number performance goal like you would see with more of a typical fitness athlete correct we're kind of getting right, to right, the tactical right. athlete versus fitness athlete population yeah yeah i mean you're uh, this is just where creativity is king you know you're trying to just figure out what they have available um from you know odd objects to anything you can use for loading to uh you know incorporating bands if they have some banded stuff or, or whatever it might be like you said you're trying you're going more from like a for like the stimulus that you're trying to uh, achieve rather than like the specific movements relative to a sport or something like somebody that's training for crossing people that are training for crossing there's a you know they say it's unknown and unknowable but it's really not unknown and unknowable like yeah we don't know the exact workout but we have a pretty dang good idea of what the the movements are going to be used in what time domains that kind of thing but uh like you mentioned it's a totally different population so for me it's like each piece there's a desired stimulus that you want and so it's using whatever's available to create that stimulus gotcha um so we, we got into talking about you know intensity um maybe can you 
talk a little bit more, just kind of giving some metrics around. So somebody's just very, very new at this. They're going to consider programming for their, their first police officer, military personnel, firefighter, whatever it might be. You know, tip, what's a typical frequency going to look like in a week? And are you kind of taking this? Are you going week to week with this? Are you kind of looking at this like from a microcycle standpoint, kind of looking at it like from month to month, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think it's going to vary based on the individual in terms of are they somebody who am I going to have them train on those two off days of that, in that 48 every time that they have that that same cycle as they go through and there are some people who that's who this is so such an important thing to them and they want or need based on their goals to be hitting basically two training days out of every three right Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of two on one off from a training perspective the opposite Mm -hmm. of their one on two off work uh, work training Mm -hmm. or sorry work schedule Um, but not everybody falls into that right Um, uh, for for me I'll if the person doesn't need that much volume or that much frequency, I may not have them train every single two on or two off like that. It could be something where, uh, you know, it's, it's, they end up hitting, um, a session, like a small session actually at the station. And then they get one more session in, in one of those rest days based on their schedule, or it could be something where they hit two training sessions on those, those first two days off, and then they go to work and they come out and I'll have them do one session on the next two. Um, so like I'll vary it based on what the, I think the person needs, what their schedule is. Um, one of the, the firefighters that I program for right now, um, works uh, a, a another occupation on this 48 off. He does a lot of uh, stuff. Um, he's, he does a lot of uh, carpentry, woodwork, that kind of stuff too. And so for him, there are certain days where he actually will be going to work on one of those days too. And so obviously that's just another stressor there too, trying to bounce to another job. So um, for me, I'm balancing that as well. So he's not necessarily going to hit two training days every two off days, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, for me, the way I look at it first and foremost is, is kind of a, what is the person telling me they need or what they want? Like what are their goals? And then uh, looking at where are they right now? And then try to determine first and foremost, if there weren't these other considerations, how much would I have them training, right? Mm-hmm. They worked a regular nine to five, you know, if I wasn't going to have, if I'm only going to have them train three or four times a week based on what their goals are, I, pro- I don't need to, to deviate from that nearly as much when mm-hmm. I'm talking about adding it to their uh, their current schedule. I just need, it's more of the win that mm-hmm. I'm playing around right, with. Right. Mm-hmm. So switching gears a little bit on, on you now, what are your thoughts about these people monitoring things like themselves? Are you monitoring them? Like for example, via wearables, right? Yeah. Your Apple watches, your whoop bands, your ready bands. We talk about all of this. Yeah. Too, yeah. You know? Yeah, you, yeah, man, that's or is that uh, just one extra stress, one extra thing. To have to think about? <laughs> yeah, I get. I mean, technology is a gift and a curse in a lot of ways. Um, and so, the first thing you have to ask is how accurate are these things anyway? Um, and more and more data, things coming out showing that some of them aren't as accurate as we would like them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes as much as like you know, you know like a thirty percent margin of error in some cases. Mm-hmm. And it's and so for me, it's it's one of those things. Like if you're you're trying to make decision based on data, but if the data is not good, then it doesn't not going to really help you in terms of your decision making. Yep. Um, so I have some clients that love it and use it, and we do use it. We monitor it because a lot, so there, there is at least some benefit to even if the device has some some margin of error, it, you know, changes within whatever the device is reading on that person, then you're looking for just percent, you know, changes within the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be able to be a precursor or indicator of, of something in terms of your, your, uh, you know, overtraining, under recovering, whatever it might be. Um, for me, I don't use a ton of wearables for this population. Just uh, if you look at it, there's going to be some, some interesting data probably coming in based on their, their schedule, right? Because it might be something where they run five calls in the night, it might be they have one, mm-hmm. um, they might not have any, who knows, um, depending on where they are. Um, so I typically don't use a ton of wearables in that sense. Um, for me, uh, I also think sometimes we, 
I don't want to say become slave to the wearable, but some, you know, I've had situations in the past where I have um, clients that say use a whoop band or use other things and they wake up and it is they, their score is not where they thought it would be. And all of a sudden it's like a panic sets in mm -hmm. and it's almost like, Oh my gosh, like, why am I not recovered? What did I do? What did I do yesterday? Why, you know, I, it says I slept fine. Why am I not where? And it's looking, looking at it, It's like, it's, you know, the world's not ending. Um, and, and, and so then they're almost sometimes when they get into training, you know, I see some people who, who, are almost afraid to push on those days. Uh, and, for, uh, and I understand using it as a, a point of caution potentially. Um, but you know, it's the same on the other end. They, they don't necessarily feel great, but the band's telling them it's green. I'm, I have to go and send it. And, and I feel like there's still a really important aspect of this. If you've got to be able to listen to your own body and make your own decisions. Um, so I typically have people when they wake up, not look at it immediately and actually take a little bit of time, get into your morning routine and evaluate how you think you feel and then look at it and see how much of a correlation is there. Uh, and oftentimes, at least anecdotally, I have people tell me about 90% of the time, they can pretty much guess where they are. Yeah. Like they've got a good idea of how they feel and the, the wearable um, validates that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but sometimes it's like, man, I feel pretty good. And the band, you know, is in the low yellow to red range if it gives you like a scale or um, sometimes like, man, I just don't feel good. And it says green. Um, and it's not all the time, but I encourage them to kind of formulate their own opinion first and then use that as more of like a validation of that. Yeah, I think that's a good way to approach it too, because it, it, this is completely anecdotal, but I feel like, especially like right now, this day and time, cell phone addiction is like at an all time high, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and it's, you're not going to tell people just get rid of your wearable, but right, you know, right. kind of meet them where they're at. Um, yeah, definitely don't want to become a slave to it, like yeah. you said. But if you are going to be in the market for one, I know what gets... The, the most marketing right it pops up all over your, your news feeds and stuff like that too. Yeah. Really, really great. However, if you actually kind of get into the weeds with this and, you know, look at some of the studies where they've actually compared the accuracy of the technology, it would seem right now, you know, this is uh, this is the 29th of April, 2020. So this could change, but um, the fatigue science ready band, you know, it's got over a decade of department of defense technology put into it. And that seems to be the most accurate wearable yeah. that there is right now. So just, just read up a little bit for yourself and, and it's decide for yourself too. But um you know, I wouldn't just jump straight into the whoop. Look at some of the other options out there. Yeah, yeah. And and so I personally don't wear one. I know you've experimented a little bit. The Apple Watch yeah. gives you some some data. Yeah, too. basically, I'm man, a, I, I don't wear it most days nowadays because, like, the last thing I need is just to strap another piece of technology. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I so I currently don't wear one for me, um, and, and that's, you know, I, I, but I have plenty of clients that do that go both of those two. So yeah. definitely not against wearables. I think sometimes we, it, it's just like anything else. Like I think mm -hmm. things can be used effectively and then I think things can be used uh, in, in ineffective ways. Sure. So for me, it's just like, if we're going to have that data, great, but let's figure out how to, to best use it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, um, Let's get anything else, man. For anybody that wants more information, more resources on how to approach this population, should they should they just reach out to you? Do you have any anything you can recommend as far as reading goes? Um, I know the TSAC yeah. book is is pretty good. I've been yeah. reading through that. Currently. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think that's. Um the the NSCA sometimes gets a bad rap uh, sometimes, especially oh, lately. I uh, love the NSCA. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think you know, honestly, that some of the best information come, has come out of there historically, mm -hmm. just because it's been kind of a uh, a plate for, place for it all to be compiled, mm -hmm. right? And that TSAC book is great. They have uh, you know, a whole curriculum there. They actually have conferences too. I know you went to the, the conference um, back when we were allowed combat to go clinic. to conferences. Yeah, combat clinic. Yeah. Best, best, um, best, best conference I've ever been to. Yeah. Um, and so they have, there are some great options there too to go out, especially if you work with that population. Um, for me, a lot of it was trial and error um, of working with this population um, and, and working with individuals. And, and honestly, sometimes like you know, talking to the individual on what their routine has been, a lot of times you can find a lot of insight of what's worked for them in the past. And so using that 
um, as kind of a, a baseline to, to go off of. But if anybody has info, they can all, they, they can definitely reach out to me about it. Um, I'm happy to, to, you know, give them my two cents on it too. Um, but I think a lot of them is kind of trial and error and what works for that person. Um, I think just like anything else, it's, it's an individual in front of you in which you're going to take the whole picture into account when you're trying to help them. And just like you would anyone else, this one, there's just an interesting new variable that maybe is something you haven't worked with before. And it's a variable that, that has to be respected when you're designing a training plan. So as long as you're respecting the fact that like that day could be a very hectic and stressful day for that person. And you know that it's going to be there every third day in this instance, you you just have to to take that account and program accordingly. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some people in this schedule do really, really well and make a lot of progress and, and compete at a high level if that's their goal or just continue to perform really, really well. Um, you know, in terms of what they're, you know, at their job, whatever they want to do, uh, you know, so it can be done, but it, it, you know, a lot of it is being really smart about what, um, you know, how you go about things when you do things. Mm -hmm. I like it, man. So I think it also goes without saying, don't try to overcomplicate the stuff. Don't try to make it yeah. too sexy because yeah. of what you might've seen on Instagram posts or something For sure. like that. Yeah, that's that's huge, man. It's like keep it simple, like you know, basic resistance training um, pr uh, protocols, basic aerobic work protocols. If and when you implement intensity, implement at the right time based on their schedule, um, and then let their recovery and let their feedback guide it, right? Just like anything else, how are you performing? How are you recovering? How are your energy levels? What's your hunger like? How are you sleeping? How are you sleeping at the station? How are you sleeping at home? Uh, you know, do you, are you, how's your caffeine intake? Do you find yourself having to add, you know, you, you know, what's, what's that look like? Um, you know, just, you're monitoring all these variables to ensure that the person's recovering well. Um, cause the, the last thing you want, you got to think about what they can recover from. And then you want to train within that range. What is their recoverable volume? And for this person, there's another stressor that impacts the recoverable mm -hmm. volume. So you just have to make sure that you're training within whatever they can recover from mm -hmm. so they can continue adapting. Good stuff, man. As always, a lot of good actual content. Um, if you got any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, hit us up via email, josh at vertexpt.com, brandon at vertexpt.com, or just the DMs through our Instagram page. And other than that, y'all stay positive, stay safe, and this is the Better Faster Podcast. We're out. And one last thing, if you like the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram at Better Faster Podcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at Vertex PT and at Vertex Strength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week and we'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.